check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome to Red Storm Chasers. I'm Vincent here with Craig and Nick. On this episode, we'll look back at the Long Island win and the Iowa State loss. We'll have an interview with head student manager Aiden Mansfield, and we'll look ahead to the first conference game of the year against DePaul, as well as a matchup against New Hampshire. Guys, how was your weekend? My weekend was good. Uh, I had a, a wedding to go to, so, you know, weddings were a great time. Had an, yeah. Always fun. I had a Christmas party for work, uh, and then I had a holiday parade party at your house, Vincent. Yes, it was very fun. Very fun. Always fun. We have a nice... We happen to be on the parade route in our town, so it ends up being a good time to, you know, get people together a few times a year and, you know, enjoy and, the enjoy the parade. And drink. And drink. And it's fun for the kids. They're sent at the end, and, you know, I, I, I think it's a good time. I hope everybody else does, too. Don't get me wrong. I had a good time at the wedding, but I, I do wish I was at the Christmas party a little bit. There, there was some, a, a lot of people missing this this one. We, we, had a, we usually have a lot of people. This one, we had like 30 people. I think we, we usually do twice that, so... It's all right. It's Christmas. People are busy. It's true. It's understandable. Lots going on. All right. So, as we start every week, a nice little question for you guys. What is your favorite Christmas song? You know, it's the time of year. 106.7, the local New York channel, switched all Christmas all the time now. So many good options out there. Uh, A lot of different versions of songs, too. So, what do you guys like? Well, I think I'm going to go with a weird one. All right. Uh, it's actually been, I think, my favorite one for for a long time, but it's kind of an off-brand one, let's just say. So I'm gonna go with, all right, Little Saint Nick by the Beach Boys. Mm. That's a good one. It's very, it's different. I, for me, I like it because it's like upbeat. It um, is, it's but okay. it's and but it it's not it, like it's not like not, it doesn't have the same flavor, I guess, as the other typical Christmas. It's very outside the box, right? It's yeah. like it's happy because it's Christmas, and it's happy because it's beach. Right, so, so it's a little boys. bit of both. So you, yeah. you get that little, you know, that surfer you get vibe that surfer. With it. And also, I like it because it's rare. They don't play it all the time. So when you hear it, for me, I'm always like, oh, it's like, it's like a treat. That's true. That, that is a good That's a good one because you're all right. They don't play that as often as they play the other version. That right. is a very niche one, Craig. I like that. Yeah, I like yeah. that. That's pretty different good. sometimes. It, right. it has really has been. So my pick is going to be the um, Santa Claus is Coming Town by the Jackson 5. Nice. That's classic. A classic, obviously. It's a little more upbeat than, I mean, in my opinion, it's a little more upbeat. It's a little more, I don't know. Than your traditional. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, traditional Santa Claus coming to town is, is pretty. It's not slow. It's, it's a, yeah, it, well, it's a slower, t- typically the traditional song is a slower version. Right, yeah. right, right. It's uh, a good version. But this is a good version that they definitely bring up. I love little Michael. <laughs> <laughs> That's t- say it. Talk about a niche comment. Yeah. There's um, one person that laughed at that joke. There's, there's like there's one guy that was watching uh, Longest Yard. Is like, oh wait a second. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, some, if somebody catches the Longest Yard reference, they're good. When you're talking about Santa Claus is coming to town, though, I think you also have to talk about the uh, the Bruce Springsteen version. Especially because we're from New Jersey. I mean, from New I Jersey, mean, yeah, you, you got you got a hitter guy. I mean, come on, he's New Jersey royalty. It's a good. It's a really good version. I, I do. Between that and the Jackson Five, those are the my two favorite the, versions. The, those are very different versions, but I, I agree. I think the rock and roll of Bruce Springsteen's version uh, is a very cool, cool version, and the Jackson Five is a very upbeat, fun version of the song. So very, that, very different, but very, very different, but both good. both high quality songs. All right, Vincent, what do you got? So, so it's funny. I, I've over the past few years, uh, I would say I've transitioned in my song choice. You've grown up. I, I wouldn't say I've grown up, but I, I had a, I had a, for the time I was little, I had a favorite song, a Christmas song growing up, and it was, it was Andy Williams' "It's a Most Wonderful Time of the Year." It has always that was like from the time I was a kid. It's 
I mean, it's in Home Alone too. It's kind of a mm. classic, you know, Christmas time. You're loving it. You know, you're a kid. You're super excited. And, you know, it's it's a high energy song. And that's why I always loved it. But yeah. over the it past is. few years, I've, I've transitioned. It's a classic one. It's very classic. But my other pick's classic too. All right. Um, so what's your what's your real what's that's your my, my current first one my current well that was my first one I told you I, that used to be my favorite Christmas song no longer is my current favorite Christmas song is Darlene Love Christmas which is the the you know uh, baby please come home song from, uh, is that from Goodfellas is it is it's in Goodfellas it's it's the one where she kind of yells oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. oh yeah 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 so it's <laughs> um, a, I, I always literally always think about it in Goodfellas I don't Darlene know Love from New Jersey so shout out another New Jersey name but. Uh, it, stay on until brand. you played it, I didn't know which one it was. Honestly, this is, oh yeah, well, this is it. Um, but no, it, it's it isn't Goodfellas, which makes it a little bit cooler too. Um, but I, I just, I think it's fun. It's a fun song, and I just like how she yells and you know. <laughs> she's it's, very, it's, she has a very good voice. She does. Darling Love is, you know, she's great. Um, anyway, interesting choices by you guys. I like it. I want a little more classic. Get in the holiday spirit. That's it. All right, let's talk some St. John's basketball, which will bring your holiday spirit right on down. <laughs> uh, we started the week pretty good. Uh, 95 to 68 win against Long Island University. Uh, oddly enough, we did not cover the spread. Uh, well, the spread was ginormous. Well, it was a little high. I mean, that's, that's 29 fair. 29 and a half? Yeah, that sounds right. Um, 27. So we won big, you know. Almost. Exactly what you expect in a game against Long Island. Shot 61% from the field. It was 33. That's even higher. Jeez. It was 33. I thought it was, oh, well, no. maybe I got it at a different time. Uh, 61% from the field for St. John's. 29% from three. 40% from the line, though, is bad. We only had 10 free throws, free throws though. So four for 10, not terrible. Out-rebounded them by almost 20. Held them to five offensive rebounds. Another great job by us. Uh, 17 turnovers only to our 14. That's a bad number, and we'll talk later on in the Iowa State game how that number really did us in. Yeah. Uh, all of the starters, with the exception of uh, Stanley. Now, oh, I'm sorry, I should have mentioned different starting lineup than normal. David Jones, Omar Stanley, Joel Soriano, Andre Curbella, Posh Alexander. Everybody except for Stanley had double digits. Curbella led the way 18 points. He was 8 of 11. Eight rebounds and seven assists. What a line for him. Um, you know, Soriano, double-double again. You, you just can't Classic. stop him when he's yep. in those games against yep. teams like that. And as much as it's like, ah, oh, he's playing Long Island, that shows he's getting his job done. That's his role, and he's playing it well. So Yeah, yeah. You he's doing what he got to do against the teams he has to. Yeah. You know, it, it, is it like a huge victory that he's doing that? No, but it's showing that he's improved as a player, and he's at a point where – he knows his role and he gets it done. Jones had 14, Posh had 12. Pin zone, surprise of the game, 14 points off the bench. First time back from injury. First time back from injury. Good to see him on the court, and then good to see him have a great game. Yeah, I think I think pin zone is going to be key to this team. I mean, it was very disappointing when he went down again. You were fearful that it would be for a long stretch of time, but luckily it wasn't too bad. Uh, he's back and uh, he can contribute to this team, and he's going to give us an element we don't have. He's a shooter. Yeah, Pinzone um, is absolutely like a spark plug off the bench. He's basically like a, a, a I don't want to say a smaller version, but he's like a, a a lesser posh. He's got like he has the potential to be posh in a couple of years. So right now he's not quite there. But in a year or two, he can be posh with, level. with a more consistent with more consistent with a, more, shot. With a much more, more consistent, consistent shot. Yeah, I mean, I trust him a lot more taking a three than I do posh right now. I wish posh would just take more threes. And this is a side note. Yeah, on this. absolutely. He yeah, made, he made I think he made two in this game. Mm-hmm. He's two for four. Um, 
he just needs to take them. He's not confident. He doesn't have, and he, his shot's not really bad. I mean, he can make them. But he's got to he's got to take them more so people respect him shooting the three. And even if he misses a couple, especially in these early games, look, let's be honest. LIU is one in five. We really short of. I mean, look, we lost the internet word, so I guess I shouldn't say this, but we really weren't going to lose to LIU. Years ago. I mean, it, I think I mean, team, this a team built like this is not going to lose to a to a Long Island no. University. It's I mean, just like, not going to happen. Yeah, which is which also like look, I get. LIU is fine because you want to play the teams that are local. Um, so LIU makes sense. And to be fair, when the game was scheduled, uh, Long Island fired their coach in June. Yeah, they, uh, they, they've had a rough off And they season. had like six of their guys transfer, like a massive amount of starting lineup. So this is not the team we scheduled, but... Whatever, either, but, either way. Either way, look, we were going to win the game. LIU is not a team we're going to worry about losing anyway. And you, you always play, tend to play the local team, so whatever, that's fine. Uh, but we were never going to lose this game. Uh, rolled the balls out. I mean, that's really all we need to do to win this. Yeah, game. I mean, listen, yeah, LIU played. They didn't play terribly. Four of their five starters had double digits. Uh, Jacob Johnson led their way at seventeen points. So you know, they they are who they are. It it is what it is. It's yeah. a it's a bye game. And listen, we got the W, so moved on. That's all that needed to do. One, now, one shout out. One shout out we have to make for that game though is Drisha Triori. Who scored his first points as a member of the St. John's Red Storm? Yeah, that was big. Twelve, 12 scorers for St. John's in this game, which is huge. I mean, it shows. I mean, obviously we were up by a lot. We got the ability to get yeah. guys in, but Drissa scoring his first shot. Uh, you know, people getting opportunities that you know get the ball around, and 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 nice to see twelve people on the uh, on the box score. Then we moved on to the more important game of the week, uh, number twenty three, Iowa State. We were out in Iowa for this game and it was a disappointment. 71 to 60 loss, first loss of the season. Uh we didn't cover that spread either. Uh we shot 36% from the field. We were 19 of 53. Just awful. We were even worse from 3 where we shot 19%. 3 of 16, which may have done us in. Surprisingly well from the line though. 76%, we were 19 of 25. We did out-rebound them. 37 to 36, so it was tight, but the turnovers absolutely killed us. 20 turnovers by St. John's is disastrous, and we only turned them over 12 times. That's that's awful. Six steals for us to their 13, which means we had more turnovers than I'm sorry, we had they had less turnovers than they had steals. Yeah, the whole game we just uh, we didn't look like our team. They were, I mean, frankly, they were. Seemingly playing our game, and we weren't ready for them to play our game, and they kind of beat us at it. Yeah, um, they 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 definitely look like they beat us at our own game. And it, it's and the only no not the only there was a lot of uh there's a lot of positive throughout the game obviously, but one of the biggest positives was Pinzone coming off the bench and absolutely lighting it up. He was the only one that seemed to have any fire during the game. Yeah, uh, he, he banged a lot a, a couple threes. He had 13 points in this game. I mean, he was. He was the spark we needed off the bench, and then right. we we had a lot of troubles with we, our starting. That, that was our problem. So we had so we, different starting lineup because Stanley didn't play. Stanley and Wusu didn't. Stanley play. and Wusu didn't play. Stanley was sick apparently. So we had Jones, Mathis, Soriano, Curbella, and and Posh were our starters. Posh led the way, fourteen points, but he had eight turnovers, which eight turnovers killed us too much. Absolutely yeah. killed us. Too much. Mathis had thirteen. Joel and and. David Jones both had seven points. Soriano did get his twelve rebounds, but only, but only seven points. Only seven points. Didn't we, get a double double. We're, we're not. We're not. The team right now isn't built for Soriano 
and Jones to both get seven, right? We, we need those guys in double yeah, digits against are, a team like Iowa State absolutely. in order to win. Curbelo well, also didn't show up. Six points. That was his first kind of, I think, bad game for St. John's. He just he disappeared. He well, was quiet. I think also as a team we didn't hit our first basket until nine fifty four. Yeah, we went we went down big in the first half. I mean that's big, a huge early. problem. It was Pinzone hit the shot, but it look we've had it's happened to us all year. We've gotten behind and then we storm back, uh, pun intended. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know against better teams you can't do that, right? So Iowa State's a good team. They're a top twenty five team. I think probably in, I think they're twenty one now or something like that in the current rankings. Um, but so if you get down a lot and you're not making shots, that's not good. And and yeah, our defense is predicated on steals and and turning the guys right. over. And, and when you, you're not getting that, and if you don't turn the team over. Then it's not going to work. Yeah. And when it, we and we, I said we said all year we spiral up, spiral down. This it's, is a spiral think, down game. I do think a what happened though. Down. I do think you were spot on in that we got down too big too early. We're a team who can come back in the second half, right? That's our go-to. In the first half, as long as we're close, we can come back. The problem is we got down so much early, and we were constantly digging out of the hole that I think our guys mentally got a bit out of it. Now listen, we were, we were down by eleven uh, at halftime, and which is where we ended up losing. But I, I do think that that's what happened to us. We mentally got we're down, we're down, we're down, we're down. And normally it's not a problem because after in the second half we're able to bounce right back. That that kind of kick in didn't happen, yeah. and all of a sudden our guys didn't know what to do. And it and you know they got sloppy and it fell apart. We also do have to mention that Curbelo was in foul trouble a lot of the game, even yeah, in the yeah. first mm-hmm. half. So he got taken out, and then in the second half and he, he fouled also, out. and then he eventually yeah. did foul out. Yeah. Well, kudos to Iowa State for going at him and getting that right. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's what good teams do. Yeah, I mean, I'm look, surprised they didn't go after Soriano. More. We also have to, yeah, well, they, they contained him. They didn't have to. Seven points, right? I mean, th- listen, he out re- he did well in the rebounds, but seven points. He, Big men, if they if they can kill you, you foul them out. That's good. If you can contain them, that's better, in my opinion. Yeah, that's true. So we did make one push, I and mean, there was a little glimmer of hope there at the end of the first half. Uh, we started building some momentum. We started turning them over, which obviously is what we need to do. Uh, and then I think you'll you'll remember Montez Mathis gets a rebound, drives down, should have been a foul. It should have been an and one. Said they call a charge, which was a bad call. Uh, the guy was clearly moving. Uh, and then we obviously argued about it, got a technical foul. They go down, they hit, they hit one of the two free throws, they get the ball back, they hit another basket. All of a sudden, we're back down 13. The momentum's the air's out of the balloon, uh, and we you know, we never really got a big kick like that again um, throughout the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. We hung tight, but we didn't, we didn't really make another push. That could have been our turning point where we, if we cut it to, like, you know, seven or six or yeah. something like that, then we're coming into the half like, all right, this is where we're normally at. Then we make the push as we normally do. It really, it, it was really a momentum of shift at that point because it, it really did feel like we were going to really start like, okay, this is the team that we know. Yeah, it felt like we settled and then, You know what I mean? We didn't really score a lot of threes. We didn't, you know, we didn't play our game, but this this was going to be the turning point. And then real quick, right. it was it was gone. But ultimately, I mean, ultimately all around, it, we just didn't play well enough. I mean, even, notwithstanding yeah. that, because obviously, yes, it's a turning point. Yes, it, it matters, but... Even that would have only brought us to down seven, which mm-hmm. is still a, a mountain to climb, and we just didn't play well. We flat out just didn't play well. They yeah, outplayed I mean, like, us. Like Nick said, they they basically beat us at our own game. And listen, I would say it's a good team. There's a reason they're ranked. Yeah. And, and you know, listen, we talked about how they they weren't ranked particularly high to start the season, but 
They're a team that's that's obviously put it together. They've got a great recruiting class that has now they're a freshman and they have kind of a group of older guys that they've combined and it's working out well for them. So rough loss. First loss of the season though. At least it's to a ranked opponent on a true our first true road game. So I guess, you know, take some homage in that. You hope that's a quad one loss at the end of the day. This way it doesn't yeah. hurt yeah. you. I don't hey, know. Ho- hopefully this is our only loss of the non conference. Well, I said hopefully. It should be. It, should. it, better, should. it, better, it better be, actually. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it absolutely better be. We look, can't lose a Florida The tough part about that no. is God save us if we lose the New Hampshire. The tough part about that. <laughs> oh, goodness. We put ourselves in a position with, you know, the schedule is not. It's not great. It's not. It's, there's not a lot of opportunities on that schedule. This was one, and that's why it hurts a lot to lose this one. Absolutely. It really does. Absolutely. But it, frankly, if we turn the ball over 20 times, we will lose to anybody. That's true. Yeah. The other thing is we're, we're fortunate in that our conference is good. So we're going to get opportunities to turn this around. At the end of the day, this is not one that's coming up on the tournament resume as a bad loss. So you take it and you hope you you sweep the rest of your out of conference like you have to. And at the end of the day, you hope you it, get hope you it, get some it, opportunities. It is it is one loss. Well, we're gonna get some opportunities. We'll talk a little bit yeah. about the Big East more coming up. But um, I think at the end of the day, it's a rough loss. It hurts because it's our first test. But turn around, let's get back not on track killer. because because you know we've got some big games coming up. So now let's talk spotlight player of the week. I have a I'm going with it's got to be Rafael Pinzon. Oh, without a doubt. 14 points off the bench against uh, uh against Long Island, 13 points off the bench against Iowa State. He's first two games back from being first injured. First two games back from being injured. He's the guy that we like we talked about. He's a guy I think can play a big role in this team, needs to play a big role in this team. He showed exactly why he's that player this week. I think it's got to be him. Yeah, I mean, if he comes off the bench acting, I mean, acting, playing the way he plays, he's been playing, he could, I mean, in this past week, he could be like sixth man of the year, especially yeah. in the Big East, maybe in the country. You know, it's funny, I mean, we, don't, huge, we, don't even, but... we don't even talk about the possibility of Posh Alexander being the spotlight player of the week. He only had 14 and 12. So, you know, that, <laughs> but that's just typical for him. But yeah, no, but I think it's got to be coming Pinzone. back. It's and and Pizone could be an X factor for this team. I think I'm. An, Make it unanimous, which is you know I like to argue for no reason, but this <laughs> time uh, it's unanimous. I think Pinzone is definitely the. Option I think it's got. I think it's I mean, he came one. off the bench, like you said, back from injury, uh, and he like you said he has a shooting element that we struggle with. Frankly, we're good drivers, so thirsty for. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm gonna tell you to be honest. It's nice change it up from Joel Soriano. We got it two weeks in a row, so I agree. I mean, I I set the I set the mode the mode to go with Rafael Pinzone, but I I agree with your points <laughs> as well. All right, now let's send it to our first interview of, of this year. We have the head student manager, Aiden Mansfield, on with us. Aiden is a junior. Uh, this is actually his second year being a manager. So he, he's been a short tenure, but he's excited, and he's, uh, you know, he's having a good time. Aiden, thank you for joining the podcast. Aiden, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, what year you are, uh, you know, how many years you've been a manager. Um, my name is Aiden. Um, this is my second year being a manager. I'm a junior. Uh, I'm from Westchester, New York. Pretty, I've been a St. John's fan for a pretty long time since like I started to get into college basketball. I guess probably now, probably like coming on eight or nine years now. So cool. Yeah, I've always so been you a- must be happy to work with the team if you've been a fan for that long. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So how different is it being a head student manager instead of being a manager like you were last year? Obviously, I think the biggest difference is the responsibilities. Um, that I have so just more attention to detail and more um, like planning ahead and kind of just making sure like everything is going smooth 
last year we had besides um our head manager last year everyone was new so we were all learning at the same time and all kind of going through the same struggles and now it's kind of like i'm the one teaching the new guys along with like the other returners obviously but yeah i definitely say passing along what i've learned in my one year is probably the biggest difference all right yeah i mean that, that seems to make a lot of sense right you know all of a sudden you've stepped up and now a lot of it falls on you. What's the best part of your job that you would, that you enjoy the most? Um, definitely the games. No, no question. Because obviously the energy that is in the building, you know, whether we play at Cornerstack or MSG is great. And then on the road, you get to see a places, a lot of places that um, you know, you wouldn't usually go to, like Nebraska or Wisconsin or stuff. They're actually like pretty cool towns to visit. Um, so I definitely say the games are the best part. Understandable. Were you, were uh, you actually able to go outside when you went to uh, Nebraska, when you went to Creighton? Uh, yeah, so we got there, and it was actually negative 8 degrees because I yeah. was on my phone, and I, I had to save it because I was like, I'm never like, this, <laughs> this has never happened to me before. So it It's a was, good thing the hotel's connected to the arena. Yeah, right? thankfully. Yeah. So. Hopefully never having to go back to negative 8 again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so have you have you been to most of the – other Big East arenas? Which ones have you have you been to? Which ones have you been to so far? Um, I went to Providence, Creighton, Marquette, Seton Hall. We played Seton Hall at Walsh Gymnasium last year. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a story about that for you right now. If you want to hear it, sure, I'd love to hear. It. So when you were at Walsh Gym, every time Seton Hall shot a free throw, did you hear someone screeching? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was Nick. That was me. <laughs> I, I went to uh, Seton Hall Law for the past three years. Okay. So I was a student, so I got tickets. Oh, so no. I, that, yeah. yeah. That, that was one of the, like, weirdest and, like, best, like, environments that. I've yeah. Did you guys play their managers there? No, we Washington? didn't have enough uh, managers. We didn't, we didn't end up playing them. Okay. I played a couple of times in Wall Street. That's a fun time. Yeah. It, it was, yeah, it was, it got really loud. I mean, obviously, we, you know took care of business so it wasn't left for a long time but it was really yeah cool. um i've i've traveled to every place besides yukon so all right all right yeah, so that's I've, that's good i mean we don't like yukon anyway so that's, that's fine it's, yeah. you know going to all the important ones which one did you like the most of the ones you've been to as a trip like the whole as a um probably definitely marquette is definitely up there just because they play in the pfizer forum and it's right mba facilities and everything and um, I hate to say it, but their intro is a little cool just because they have the flames and everything. So, <laughs> but also, like I said before, like Wash Gymnasium, that was definitely like a really cool experience just because it, it only fits like 2,000 people and we only had like 12, 15 St. John's fans there. So it was really cool to go there and then obviously beat them how we did. So, yeah, it was a big win. It was a big win yeah. last year, too. Very um, fun so, game. so, so far of, of, well, I guess we haven't played in the in Madison Square Garden this year, but overall, would you say you prefer Madison Square Garden games or Carnesecca games? Well, okay, I'll say it like this. If you were to say we have, like, the biggest game, say we play Villanova, and you'd ask me where I'd rather play, I'd rather play at Carnesecca, just because I feel like we're more comfortable there, and um, it gets way louder just because, like, it's more enclosed. But, I mean, Madison Square Garden is Madison Square Garden. So, I mean, obviously – it's always cool just going there and because I've been there so many times as a fan mm-hmm. over the years. So 
that I'd probably say you just kind of said that just because. That's fair. I mean, that makes sense, right? It's hard to beat Madison Square Garden, but the crowds at Carneseca are, yeah. you know, can be livelier, uh, and yeah. there's a lot less room, so I think it gets a lot yeah. louder. Um, so, what's been your favorite St. John's memory so far? Um, as a like, as working as a manager. Yeah, working as a manager, and then after working as a manager, as as a fan, what's been your what's your favorite St. John's memory of all? Well, first as a manager, I'd probably honestly I'd probably have to say beating Syracuse and winning the Empire Classic. That was definitely my favorite just because nice. nice. I mean, it was really fun just because obviously beating Syracuse anytime was great. <laughs> Absolutely. The energy was great. Uh, you know, it just was awesome just because like all the guys want, I know how much they wanted in, how we worked really hard on the trip. So it was really cool to, you know, win. And then, so then as a fan, what's as your, a fan, hundred percent beating Duke at the garden because I was there. Um, I'll never forget that. Like, Till like I can like remember like it was yesterday. That's hands down my favorite moment. Yeah, we we we've talked about that on the podcast. We we were there too. It was yeah, just it an was, amazing, that was amazing like, game. Best like, yeah, that's an awesome one. Yeah, um, Pons going off in that game was awesome. Yeah. Tariq Owens uh, owning uh, Marvin Bagley. Yeah, it was great too. Everything I I watched. I find myself watching the highlights all the time when I'm bored. Like I can never. Yeah. Play. Was, understandable that's when i was a manager a that was a great time <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> and then we went on a... and then we went on to beat villanova after that oh, of course I, yeah at the on the road that was a crazy week that was <laughs> a very fun week let me tell you yeah so obviously we're having a great season so far right it's it's been going really well what what are you most excited about as this team heads deeper into the schedule obviously i think just overall like big east play see how things shake out because there's a lot of good teams this year, like UConn, Creighton, Xavier, us, Villanova. I'm assuming will like uh, start to play better. So definitely yeah, just big East play. Um, whether we're on the road or home, they're always going to be close games. So I definitely um, am excited to see where we are. Yeah, it's I mean, definitely going to be a very open league this year. You, what do you think is our biggest game this year coming ahead? Um, well, I always look, so I was actually talking about this with some of the other managers about how, um, after Iowa state, we have, I think it's DePaul, New Hampshire, Florida state, and then we're at Villanova and then the home game versus Xavier, the first big East conference game mm-hmm. at home. I think I'm really excited for that one just because I think it's going to be a really good environment and I think we're, we're both going to be really good. So that that's should a good be a really loud game. At and then also I believe we play UConn the last game of the season at the Garden. That'll be a really big game too. So, yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think both of those games are going to be big ones. Xavier's been playing really well. Yeah. Um, and in Carneseca, you're right. That's going to be a great, great atmosphere. So, uh, what player are you looking to see the most growth out of this season? So <laughs> definitely, uh, Joel obviously has been pl- playing really well. I saw in the DR he was, you know, playing like this, and then I just kind of thought like. Imagine if, like, he plays like this during the season, like, against, like, Big East and, like, the teams we played so far, and he has, so, and actually exceeded expectations. So, I'm really excited to see how he matches up against, like, Ryan Cockbrenner, Sonogo, um, just those guys. I'm really excited. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, Joel's been, been, a, been a big, big part of this team so far. So, you, did you, you went on the DR trip, right? Yeah. How was it? What was it like down there? What was it like playing against, you know, professional Dominican Republic teams 
uh it was it was like a once in a lifetime experience i'll i remember this moment like vividly so we were playing we played the like the national dr team with chris duarte um <clears throat> and before the game i we didn't know if he was playing or not and then he walks in the gym we we're like all right um so he had the ball on the wing and joel switched on to him and the crowd started going crazy just he had the ball he did like a like between the legs twice step back three and one Wow. Goes crazy. <laughs> NBA, like, okay. Next possession, I, I don't think we scored. He gets the ball back, goes to the other side, calls for a screen, switches on to Joel. <laughs> Step back three. <laughs> he stumped out right away after that. And I was like, all right, like, he, like, that just shows me, like, he wasn't even trying. And he just, like, right. Maybe just him real quick. <laughs> but, That's yeah, just overall, it was, <clears throat> it was a really cool trip just because. To go to the arenas and just it was like an entirely different culture and just environment so it was like i'm extremely grateful that i got to go on it and i mean it, so- it sounds great i mean it sounds yeah, like it awesome was, it was time. really fun the you guys felt like you guys felt like you bonded a lot while you were on that on the yeah a lot definitely trip. because i mean obviously we were always together you know we'd go around the resort together go to the beach just you know just stuff like that so yeah like i said i'm really grateful that i got to be a part of it were you responsible for packing, make sure all the bags were packed for this trip? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, me yep. and then the other um, the other managers. Yeah, we were all responsible. So But but you were you were head in charge, so if something went wrong, it was all in your lap. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean it was I definitely say because we had to be there at like four AM the day we were leaving. So that was definitely like obviously the night before I was like, Oh my I don't even know if I could sleep like Cause I was like, this is this packed? Is this packed? And then I got there and then just making sure that everyone like brought their bags. It was under the certain weight and that we had all our bags and just like the little things that not a lot of like, people just like think about or consider like, or just, just like run, running through my mind. And I'm sure the other members' minds as well. Yeah. So I, you guys played a little bit of soccer. I hear uh, that the managers played some <laughs> soccer. How, how'd that go? Who, who's yeah, the best uh, player? And what prompted that? uh i don't know it was just like there are these few locals on the island and i think they just like asked and then we were like i mean yeah why not and then they <laughs> i mean me personally like I'm, I'm not good at soccer in the first place so and then you put that like sand in there and it's like it, it did, I, I had a lot of fun but you know i wasn't doing sounds anything. like a cool experience though i mean how yeah, often do you get to play was, you know. there a lot of like little things that just like you're just like memories you'll never forget so it was really awesome that's cool. I mean, that's awesome that uh, you know, you got to do that, and you know, you you got you got a good year as the head manager because you know only every yeah. four years yeah, you get the I got opportunity. Really lucky. I got really lucky. Um, so you guys, you know, I know the manager typically play basketball. Have you guys played that a bunch? Have you you gotten to do that yet so far? I know yeah, sometimes we, at a conference is hard. Yeah. So thankfully that we have so many managers, it's really easy to just play pickup. So we we do try to play pickup a lot. Um. We haven't played a manager game yet, but I, okay. I'm pretty sure we're playing on Saturday against Iowa State. So there we go. Be... All right. Nice. There yeah, we go. Let's so, go. Yeah. I messaged Nebraska and they didn't respond. So, I mean. Yeah. Well, you try. <laughs> That's all that you can do. Enough, so, I mean, maybe we'll be. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, we, we play basketball a lot. Um, just, you know, whenever there's downtime or it's an off day, we'll just send a text and almost everyone always plays. So it's really cool. So. Who's, cool. who's the best we... manager? 
I mean, there's a lot of good ones, but I mean, I'll say myself just because why not? Oh, that's a cop out. <laughs> I mean, hey, might as well. Listen, you yeah. pat yourself on the back. Why not? Yeah, no one's here to tell me otherwise. So. Yeah, that's well, fair. That's fair. Aiden, how tall are you? Because we see. Yeah, so you're just gonna yeah, Huey is and play the last game. <laughs> Listen, yeah. you were you were you, you know you, I have to say if you and Nick played one on one, Nick thought he was good at basketball. You could probably take him. <laughs> Definitely good. I was not that good at basketball. <laughs> um, so which player would you say you have the best relationship with on the team? Honestly, there's a few. Definitely like Joel, Omar, um, both our walk on Jason and Parker are like super like super cool guys down to earth. But, like, overall, just, like, everyone's just, like, super nice and humble. And, you know, we're all kind of – we're all working towards the same thing. So, I don't have – like, none, none of the managers have a problem. Like, if the players ask to rebound, like – or shoot, sorry. Um, like, we never have a problem with it. Another one is definitely Drisa, just because he brings a lot of energy and he's, like, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. So, but, yeah, you overall, it's, like – Got some nice playing time recently, too, which is cool. Yeah, I'm I'm happy because he's a really hard worker, so it's good to see that. He's getting yeah. so finally got his first basket. What's what's something you would tell the fan base about this team that you think they might overlook or or not know, but should know? Definitely like the heart of the team. They're really together. They always do stuff together. Um, you know, in practice, they always make it um, a point to like stay together and. You know, even like you see during games where like there's a foul, like they huddle up or something. Like they always make that a point to do in practice too. Um, they're all like super close to each other, so it's a really like fam, like a family uh, environment. Just because you know there's a lot of jokes, and but when it's time to get serious, like everyone um, just right away, like doesn't even have to be said. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I definitely say there's a lot of heart on this team, and they definitely all have the same goal. That's good. That's good. I mean, you know, that's definitely what you want in a team. You want a family environment. Mike Anderson yeah. obviously preaches that. Uh, mm-hmm. And if, if I think if we're doing that, it, it results in us playing better. Who do you yeah. think is the glue that kind of holds the team together? It, they're always, they always like go under the radar, but just like the hype up guys, like, like I said before, like Dresa, he's like the first guy to help someone up. If, he, if he's like on the sideline, like the first mm-hmm. guy to give a high five, first one to, you know, celebrate um, definitely Omar, uh, you know, we have all a lot of leaders on this team, like Posh, Andre. Um, I could go on, but <clears throat> everyone kind of takes on their own little role of um, being a leader and obviously not stepping on anyone's toes. I think just everyone overall is like is um, really good at leading. So, so mm-hmm. yeah. what what would you say the biggest difference is between last year's team and this year's team? Probably, we're. I think we're a little younger this year, so I don't think we truly realize how good we can be. So, for example, last year we had two grad transfers, Stefan mm-hmm. here, also super nice guys. And then we replaced them with Mo, AJ, Colby, all freshmen. And then, obviously, Andre and David, who I think are juniors or sophomores. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, the freshmen. So, they're all, like, super young, and they also haven't played in the Big East. So... I think it's worked out in a good way where they don't, they're not looking ahead and not, they're not um, like passing up the opponent, opponent in front of them. So I think that's a really important thing. Who would you say is the biggest, uh, you know, gym rat or who do you think practice the hardest of all the players on the team? Uh, 
like I said before, like I always, whenever I'm in the gym, like whether it's night or morning, like Dries is really always in there. Like even after the game, like he's right, he goes right on the gun and he shoots. Um, but like really, like even like our strength coach BK, he pushes the guys to like even on off days, just try to get like try to go in and get shots up or just work out for like even if it's thirty minutes. Um, he's really good at motivating them, um, and obviously it rubs off on them and almost all of them are always in there. Like no matter the time of day, I always see at least like four or five guys. It's good. It's good to see that work ethic, you know, um, who would you say is the biggest practical joker on the team? Oh, Joel, hundred percent. hundred percent. Really? I, no hesitation. No, no hesitation. He will like never, he'll joke with anyone. Like it could be like one of us, one of the players, one of the coaches, like he'll always find something to joke about. And it's like, you don't truly like appreciate it as much until like it's gone. You know what I mean? So um, I'm really grateful that he's here and, um, you know, he's like that because you you need that in like times where there's a lot of stress on people. Obviously, it's a big season. Mm -hmm. So it's good to have those kind of people that kind of lighten the mood. You got any good stories, a little good, you know, Joel joking around kind of stories from this season so far? I mean, I don't – it's hard because, like, I don't, like – I don't know the word. Uh, I mean, just overall, like, he'll just, like, crack jokes or, like, he'll, like, just, like, we'll just, like, make eye contact or something, and then, like, he'll just, like – I got you. Push you down or it's just, like, just, like, stupid things, but, like – All right, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Um, So what's something that Coach Anderson does that you think makes him such a good coach? I think he really tries to get to know the players and their families. Um, and he also like tries to get to know us a little bit just, um, and then obviously we're like not even close to one of his biggest priorities, but I'm really grateful. And I think the other managers are really grateful that he takes the time out of his day, even if it's for a few minutes, just say hi, or, you know, just say what's up or something like that. Um, he embraced us after we won the Empire Classic, which was pretty cool. We all like looked at each other like, yeah. Like he's like that's when you know he's happy. Like, so that's it was awesome. really cool to see that out of him. Um, but yeah, I definitely say he tries to get to know everyone the same, and um, he doesn't have favorites. He treats everyone the same, whether you know you're the fifteenth man or the, the first man. You could say um, he always pushes everyone because he wants the best out of them. So, what would you say is a piece of advice that Coach Anderson has given either to you or, or in in practice that you think you won't ever forget? I remember our first practice after the Empire Classic. Everyone was obviously happy and stuff. And he basically told us, like, we were expected to do that. Um, so we have to kind of put that behind us. And, you know, that's we're going to look back on this. And it's going to be, like, not even one of the biggest top games we've played. And so I feel like he really preaches to the guys to not, um, like, kind of dwell on the past games, whether it's a win or loss. Um, so I think that's really important that the guys kind of forget about what happened. Obviously, it was a great moment for everyone, but, you know, we have more important games coming up. Just if you could give us a little background, what goes into kind of a game day, uh, you know, as, as we go on throughout the season? What does it get easier? Does it get harder when it's biggies or, or is it doesn't really matter? It's just kind of the same process. Um, well, I definitely say at the beginning of the season, it was a little bit of a um, like a process just because 
we had a lot of new managers because we only we had five returners and then at the beginning of the season we had 15 or 16 managers so like 10 new managers so before game day you know just making sure everyone like knows what they're supposed to do and I kind of just told them like if they have any questions like you can ask me you can ask one of the returners like don't be afraid because you know I was in their position last year like I didn't know what I was doing I didn't right. know like how important it was that you put the Gatorade in the right way and you make sure it has cups and towels and I didn't I didn't know that so I was kind of just preaching to them like the little things <clears throat> the little things really matter when you're the manager so just at the beginning of the year is definitely a process but the last few games we've done really well um and the trip we did really well so it's starting to we're starting to click yeah uh this year i was actually able to go to the open practice after the uh st john's media day curbello looks like he's the happiest man with a basketball i've ever yeah. seen mm-hmm. he does it he did it in practice he does it in the game is there a sign that you just you could like just say about Carbello that you're like he just enjoys playing basketball yeah. it seems like he's he's had a, he's having a uh, like a lot of fun and he kind of preaches that too like this is like like the most fun he's had um just because you know like I said before it's a really like a family environment so it's good for all the players to kind of have that second family and then obviously he's been playing amazing um like last game for example so I just feel like obviously coach Anderson and the staff have like give him the given him like the trust and you know instilled the confidence into him because let's like let's not forget he was a preseason all-american last year so I mean you know it's not like he lost any of his talent um so yeah I'm really grateful that he's a part of you know St. John's and I'm looking forward to what he has for us because there's a lot of moments in practice where he makes a shot or like, I'm sure you saw, I think he posted it. Like he made that half court shot and like, he just yeah. started like laughing. Like, no, everyone just started laughing. Cause it was like, of course he made that. But like, he'll make like <laughs> crazy passes and just like your eyes just open. You're like, yeah. like I, I didn't, I didn't even see that. Like, I don't know how, I don't know how he sees half the stuff. So it's really awesome. You think he's yeah. going to get you guys uh headbands and matching glasses for all the <laughs> uh, manager games? <laughs> oh maybe i haven't asked him but you know that'd be pretty cool <laughs> that'd be pretty cool he gotta wear him upside down though no no rice that up <laughs> yeah. yeah all right well aiden thanks for joining us we you know really appreciate you taking the time uh thanks you know we, we wish you the best the rest of the season and uh you. you know good luck can i just give a shout out to all the managers for a second yeah, Absolutely. give a shout out. Yeah. Get, plug yourself do whatever you want to do right now all right so i just want to shout out clancy nate Jeffrey, Sebastian, Mike, AJ, Sean, Chrissy, Jeremy, Marco, Little Aiden, Ish, Bish, Eric, Jalea, and Jared. And, you know, I really, like, none of this would have happened without them. So I'm really grateful that they're all here and, you know, we're all working together. So it's been a really awesome year so far. I'm excited for the rest of it. I really want to thank Aiden for coming on. It, it, it's always cool to talk to a student manager because it's such an interesting perspective. Yeah, I mean, I mean, personally, I, I was a student manager, so I love um, interviewing managers because it's a it's a closer look and it's a more like raw look. Sometimes, you know, when you talk to them, you get a little more of the inside details without getting obviously too too far gone. But uh, it's always great to reconnect with you know the managers that are currently at St. John's. Me being one, um, 
Also, it's, it's nice. I think it's nice to give them kind of a spotlight. You know, they're a guy who works really hard. A guy or girl who, who hardest, work, hardest working person work really hard and yeah, they get no recognition. Uh, we like to give them a spot to come out and, and you know get some recognition they deserve. Yeah, absolutely. They're the heart. They're the heart of the team. You know, they're they're running around doing lots of important stuff that behind the scenes and. You know, they need to get the recognition they deserve. Hey, without managers, the balls wouldn't be out and the bottles wouldn't be filled and the sweat, and the sweat would never get wiped up. That's so. right. You couldn't roll the balls out and beat LIU. <laughs> managers. And hey, at the same time, let's let's root for our St. John's managers because uh, we they're going to be playing a, a couple of uh, manager games this year. Yes. Yeah. They got their first win of the season against the Iowa State managers, which is a, a great way to start the season, obviously, with a win. Always um, fun. The manager games, always, always fun. Always fun to watch on. You can't watch them, but watch on Twitter. You know, people talk no, about they, it. They, so. at some, sometimes, they, sometimes they broadcast. They broadcast I know, on, on but Instagram Live. Not widely, but yeah. Follow them at, at SJU Managers and on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Love the plug. All right. Let's look ahead to this week. It's it's a big one. It's a very crucial so week. First, I think before we start, before we jump yep. in here, uh, the first net rankings of the season came out Ooh, uh, always this fun. week. So we start getting uh, some real numbers for the NCAA tournament. Uh, St. Johnson at number seventy-one, which is obviously not where we want to be. Yeah, not great. Uh, not not great for us. Um, top hundred. Yeah, it's positive. Yeah, okay. Top seventy-five. <laughs> yeah. yeah, still yeah. not great. Oh, and one, quad two, right? And uh, we, we were zero and one. one away. We're zero and one against quad one. One and zero against quad two. So that's it. That's weak. That's where we're at. One and one against the well, top two quads. So we're gonna hope the Big East fills that in a lot. We've got some good teams. Uh, and we've got our first conference game this week, which is very strange. Nobody else in the Big <laughs> East is playing a conference game. Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure why we're playing a conference game at this point in time in the season. Uh, but, hey, whatever it is, that's that's what we're facing. And that's what we got to do. This uh, first matchup is against DePaul. DePaul Wednesday, 630 on FS1. DePaul coming in 5-3. and three. There are three losses they all came in a row in that, I think it was part of that Phil Knight Classic uh, event. They lost to Santa Clara, Texas A&M, and Oklahoma State. Uh, those are their only three losses in the year, three in a row. They don't have any real major wins uh, to report. They've got three guys who average double digits. Uh, Javon Johnson, who will be our main talking point because he is the biggest player of the week this week. We'll get back to him shortly. Um, they've also got two other guys who average 17 and 12. Uh Gibson also averages about seven assists per game, so he'll be he'll be a guy to watch out for for sure. Uh, like I said, Javon Johnson though he's our, he's the guy he's going to be the main focus. Twenty seven and a half points last week, four and a half assists in two wins. He's he's a good player. Uh, you know, he David Jones is their best player. Oh, wait a minute, no, no, <laughs> just kidding. I was going to say new rivalry. He's on. He's uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately uh, for them. He's on our team. Uh, but no, Javon Johnson's their best player, and and you know, I wonder how much the David Jones leaving could play into this game. It's it's home. It's at Carneseca, but I you know I wonder if these guys feel a little stung by the David Jones uh, exit. I, I think they definitely feel stung. I would be surprised. I mean. You can't really blame them either. No, really absolutely fair. not. Oh, yeah. Look, I you know David Jones got to do what's good for David Jones, and we're very happy to have him here. We absolutely. Love him. Um, but I can understand if you're DePaul, you're not being thrilled with that scenario. So I, I can. There's gonna be some high emotions, I think, tomorrow night. There should be, and I would be surprised if there isn't. But you know what the best part about this whole thing is, we got the scout on them because yeah, David that's Jones true. played that's a good that's point. in their system he all played, of last yeah, year. Absolutely, he knows the players. Yeah. He knows the guys. He knows the plays. I, and he knows I do. Calls. I do want to tee up a bit of a question here for you guys. Do we think, because I'll tell you my opinion right after I ask the question, 
do we think this is a must-win game? Because I think it is. I think, I think particularly after the Iowa State loss, uh, I know it's weird that it's a conference game at this point in time, but because of that, it makes it a must-win for us. I know it's DePaul, so at the end of the day, a loss to DePaul could hurt us in the end anyway. I think for us, for this team's mental and for its its outlook going forward, I think we have to get to the first real Big East game when all the other teams also start undefe- not undefeated, but with with minimal losses, right? We obviously have, hopefully only have one loss yeah. at that time. Yeah. I put this in the, in a must win category. I think if we're trying to be a legitimate tournament contender, just making it in a tournament, we we can't lose DePaul this season. Like this is a must win game. Absolutely. Every time we play DePaul, Georgetown, all the bottom teams in the Big East, the only two I can think of off the top of my head because the Big East is that good this season. Um, we'll see. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm uh, during the off uh, non conference. We've been we've been good. No, we haven't. We've been, we've been weak. We've been weak. Mm. So I'll take that. It's all right. You're a Big East bias. It's fine. It's a little right. Big East bias. A little Big East bias. That's all right. I haven't performed as well. I I don't think I. There have been years when we've really run through the non-conference and we have won true. tournaments left and right. And this year we just haven't done that. UConn's played very well. Creighton's played good until the last week, but uh, I give them a little pass. Beat, losing Texas, Texas is a tough. It's a tough out. Texas and um, Arizona. And Arizona. Um, Nebraska. That's not a good one. Yeah, that's, that's a terrible loss. Um, but you know, Creighton. I think Creighton's a good team. I think they'll be fine. Uh, Xavier's pretty good. Marquette has a big win. Um, Marquette's got votes. Marquette got votes. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, votes, we're gonna have four or five teams in the thing. I just don't know. We haven't been as dominant. We've been years in years past. So, look, we'll be fine. But to your to your question, Vincent, yes, we have to beat the Paul tomorrow. We have to beat beat them. It's not really a question. We're, like you said, if we're gonna be a tournament team, we cannot lose games like this. Absolutely. Especially not at home. A hundred percent. DePaul's not to right. our sister De- school. DePaul. We gotta we gotta close out the sister school. Tri- <laughs> I guess trifecta because we're gonna play them again. So if we get all three, we get the well, trifecta. I think it's it's just it's it's a particularly coming off the Iowa State. If we'd beat Iowa State, not that you would ever give up a game, but I think if if you if you beat Iowa State and then you lose to DePaul, all right, it's it's a it's a bad loss, but I'd it's not a crushing trade. loss. I think because we lost to Iowa State, our guys are a little bit. Down, obviously. They should have a little chip um, on their shoulder. Should and I think mad. they got to come home, and we got to say, okay, this is if we're either going to be a tournament team or we're not. And it starts today. It starts with a win against the ball. Right. The ball's one sixty in the net, so not a game we can afford to lose. Frankly. I mean, that's that's certainly true too. I mean, listen, it's a game we should win on paper, but yeah, we have to. I'm just saying, I think it's a must win. Eight point favorites going in. Um, Fair. The ball is also missing your and a. Uh, they're one of their six ten forwards who's averaging six points. Six rebounds a game, um, so he he will be a loss for them. So they lose some size. So it's again a game we have to win. Sounds like a positive for me, for us. I mean, it's positive it's, for it's, us. It's certainly positive because it make uh, Soriano's life easier. So you got to take that as a win. Uh, and and you know when Soriano seemingly plays well for us, it it tends to work out. So all right, what do we think the key takeaway or key things that we have to do to win this game are? I think the number one thing we need to do is limit turnovers. We saw from go. Iowa State. We can't – look, against smaller teams, we can turn the ball over and be sloppy and it not um, value the basketball. Against – even though Paul's not a great team, they're a, they're a power six team. We cannot do that. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. If, we make, if we make a lot of mistakes, it's going to go. Nick, what's your one key? I think my key to the game is David Jones has to be the offensive scorer that he's been all season. I like Especially that. against the team that he came from. You know, I mean, be put in their put in their face a bit. Put it right? directly I in get it. This is why I left because we're a better team and we're going to make the tournament. It's a good not. chip on, the and show. I'm going to make sure that you don't. 
something at a key, I, I, maybe not a key, but something I would like to see as a key is us hit more threes. Us actually take and hit more threes. Uh, it's obviously not a key to success because we don't need them to win. Right. But uh, against a good team, or I guess a team in the power six, like DePaul, a, a Big East team like DePaul, we're going to need to hit some threes, and I'd like to see us hit them and, and hit a high number of them. I think Pinzone could be a guy who's very crucial to that. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him get more minutes than we've seen him get, obviously, despite his two big minutes games, see him get even more. Six man of the year. Let's, let's, let's get in the Big East. Start the push. All right, we've got one other game this week. It's Saturday at 6 p.m. on FS2. It is home at Carneseca Arena against New Hampshire. New Hampshire coming in 3-5 and five on the year. They're coming off a big win, though. They just beat Boston College after a five-game losing streak. Uh, so rough run there, but... Hey, they started 2-0. They've bounced back. They started 2-0, then they went on a five-game losing streak, but now they've beaten Boston College. Clarence O'Daniel, the second, leads the team with 14 points and 11 rebounds. He's going to be, you know, the star of the game for them. Uh, but again, on paper, this is a game that, you know, we, we walk away with victory easy, and that's the purpose of these games. Here's another game I'd like to see us shoot a lot of threes, because with all due respect, we could miss a lot of threes and still win this game, but get good practice of in-game three-point shooting. Not only see threes, I want to see... Jones, I want to see Carbello, I want to see Soriano, I want to see Posh balling out in this game. It, I'm not there. LIU, the I, LIU I game that just happened. It's just like the LIU game, but uh, I'm not going to compare them to LIU because if they well, play they each other, I'm not, I was going to say they're probably and they beat Boston College a little more uh, formidable. They're yeah. not as fresh. Yeah, but we can't fall into bad habits against them. That's I'm not. Yeah, no, I, being sloppy against them would not be good. Because I, I, yeah, we can't turn the ball over I as keep much harp, as we I keep did. harping on this, but 20 turnovers scares me because this is not the first time we had 20 turnovers in a game this right. season. Well, Mary Mack, we, we threw we, right. so many turnovers. So I think because we've, you know, we've played teams that we're just better than, we can turn the ball over, we'll get it back, it doesn't matter. We got it, we got to limit that. So in between, Absolutely. with New Hampshire being in between DePaul who is a Big East team, and Florida State, who's an ACC team. Yes, they're terrible this year, but they're still an ACC team, and we're playing in Florida. We ha- we can't fall into a bad habit of turning the ball over a lot. Or no, for sure. But I, I would. For season. But I, definitely. I, I would just still beat New Hampshire. We, 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 I mean, fingers crossed we will. But we, uh, I, I would like to see us take a little bit more license and try to get more threes because, tell you, that's something that we're not great at that I think we can improve at and I think could really help us once we get into Big East play, which even though it starts this week, doesn't officially start until the end of the month. We'll hope we we'll hope we come away with the victory on Saturday. Uh, obviously, hope we come away with a victory on Wednesday. Just another, uh, just a nugget, by the way. This is an interesting one. Dante Harris is transferring from Georgetown. Yeah, yeah. so kind of a weird one. It's weird to transfer at this point in the season. I mean, obviously, you're hoping to get a half a year of eligibility um, somewhere yeah. else. Not the first guy from Georgetown to do that. It's it's got to be worrisome, and they're bad. And and you Patrick know, Ewing's got to be he's got to be not happy. And it, it's I mean he's it's Dante Harris. He's they, the, he was their face when they won the the Big East tournament. Yeah, I mean it's hard. It's got to be really hard for them. And we you know we went through this too. Yeah. Um, Patrick Ewing's a legend at Georgetown, but it, it, it has not it worked. Working, yeah. You know, it's it funny because he, he had such a great he had a, a, he had a real great no resume coaching resume. Yeah, he coached the NBA for he had a better coaching resume than Mullen did. For sure, Chris Mullen had no coaching resume. <laughs> right. um, I think Patrick Ewing is a guy who actually would have been. There's some guys who can't be college coaches, and I think Ewing may be showing that. He could have been an NBA coach, but he's not a college coach. 
or maybe not just a head coach. He might be a very good assistant. He maybe he'll be a head coach in the NBA because it's a very different role. I yeah. just I don't. It, it's not off of this something's he's not. not I mean, yeah, he's not getting. They're, a they're chance. different. He's not getting a chance. I'm is my saying, point. I'm not saying you it, are, yeah. are I think he may have hurt himself by coming back to take this when he could have stayed in the NBA and gone and been a head yeah, coach. But the yeah. tough part is he, he's actually not done a terrible job recruiting. He's got a couple of five, like five. He got, I think two five star kids and he's been there. Now retaining them has been a problem. Yeah, but that, yeah. that's and, co- and coaching them has been a problem. That's a nature of the current beast of college basketball, keeping players. Maybe he's a little yeah, too but, old style. But Georgetown has been specifically, there's been a lot of There has been a lot of Georgetown. I mean, it's not even just every year. Right. Consistently, yeah, yeah, since right. he's been there. Now he's in his, what, fourth year, fifth year? He's had yeah, his full no, slate of guys. With, no, he came in with Mullen. Yeah, now he's yeah, so this, this is, yeah. No, this is his, like six like, years. Yeah, it's pretty far in. Yeah, so he's had a full slate and plus. They haven't walked away because they won that big East championship. And he's Patrick Healy. Well, okay, but we had Chris Mullen. We walked away from him. Chris Mullen walked away from us. It was mutual. I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. Different. Seemingly mutual. Now, my guess is that's what will happen with Ewing, too. I would assume that's the case. Just thought it was an interesting nugget because you rarely see people at this point in the season transferring, particularly a guy like that who. He definitely had transferred offers in the offseason. So. For sure. Anyway, no awards for us this week. As I said, we'll be placed facing the Big East Player of the Week in Javon Johnson uh, in DePaul. And we went from receiving votes to being ranked to no longer receiving votes after that Iowa State lost. Uh, that'll do it. That'll do it for this week. For Craig and Nick, I'm Vincent. Go Johnnies. Keep chasing.